I'm as thankful today that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world today. Praise the Lord. Stand with me as we turn to the word of the Lord today. I've got a special treat for you today. Sister Alexis McKee is going to bring our Mother's Day message today. How many is excited to hear Sister Alexis? Lexi Biddle McKee, she's going to come and bring the word of the Lord today. Praise the Lord. I'm my father's daughter, so if I'm a little long-winded, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But I am just so thankful to be here. Could we just give a round of applause for the Lord and his presence today? I didn't come here for me. I didn't come here for my beautiful baby. I came here to praise him, and that's what I'm going to do today. And if you would join me in, um, if they could put my title up first, you could go ahead and be seated. Thank you. Um, We are going to do some reading, but first I want to talk to you about the title that says, Unless She Hurried. And, you know, one of the words that's going to be really important to my message today is urgency. And I feel like we felt the presence of the Lord and his urgency today. And, you know, urgency is not necessarily a female trait, but a godly trait. And, you know, I do want to talk, though, because it's Mother's Day, about some times that men don't have urgency. So let's go ahead and just get that out of the way. Let's talk about when we need the trash taken out. I'm just going to say it, y'all. You got to get it together. We need some urgency, okay? The trash is full, and I need a change right now. Not later, right now, okay? When you're trying to finish mowing the grass, I know that's not a three-hour job, okay? It does not take that long to mow the grass. I need some urgency from the men in that situation, okay? Get it done, move on with the day. This is for my husband, hanging up my pictures from Hobby Lobby, Okay? Takes him like two months to get it up. And I'm like, come on, man, I want to decorate. Let's go. No, it's still, it's still in our guest bedroom. Uh, getting ready for church. Come on, can I get an amen, ladies? Getting ready for church. Oh, I got the dogs fed. I got Silas ready. I got myself ready. I got the bags packed. I got everything loaded in the car. He's still ain't ready. Oh. And I want to talk about sometimes that women do have urgency. A sale at Target, I'm there. (laughs) Free birthday drink at Starbucks, I'm there at 6 a.m. I never get up at 6 a.m. When my baby gets hurt, oh, I've heard, he's fine, he's fine. I'm like, oh, give it, come here, come here. Oh, mommy loves you. Oh, I want to make him feel good. I want to comfort him. When my husband is sick, when the house needs clean, When the dog throws up, oh my gosh, the hardwood floor, I got to get that up. Okay. We are a people of urgency. And I feel like this world has, the devil has put an attack on the godly urgency of the people. And today we're going to read about a woman who's going to help us get our urgency back. And we're going to read about a woman who had urgency and the Lord honored her for it. I am going to start in 1 Samuel 25, 2, if anybody wants to turn there. 1 Samuel 25, 2. 
And there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great. And he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal. And the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. And so I just want to talk for a minute about the woman that the Bible defines with godly traits. And it does say that she was beautiful, but it says that she has a good countenance, or I'm sorry, a good understanding. When you compare this scripture to other versions in the Bible, they change the word understanding to sensible or intelligent or discernment. Abigail had discernment. Not only was she beautiful on the outside, but she was sensible in the sight of God. She was someone that had a good countenance that you could go to, that you could seek guidance. And in Proverbs 16 and 2, it says that a wise heart is called prudent or discerning. So that tells me that not only did Abigail have good understanding, she was beautiful, but she had discernment and she was prudent. And in Hebrews 5 and 14, it talks about exercising your discernment. Your discernment is like a muscle. It's not going to become strong unless you use it. And, you know, prudent says that it, you act with, the actual definition is acting with or showing care for the future. I don't know about you guys, but I know that there's a lot of moms in here that are prudent. We care about our babies and we care about their future and we care about them. I'm going to continue reading in Samuel um, 4 and through 11. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get up, get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And they, thus shall ye say to him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shearers, Now thy shepherds were with us, and we hurt them not. So right now David and his army are hiding out in the wilderness, and they saw these people, and they show them grace. They did not attack them. They did not take anything from them. They were gracious to them. And it says, ask thy young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in your eyes, for we come in good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand unto thy servant and unto thy son David. And... I'm going to skip a little bit just for time's sake that, you know, the young men, they went to Nabal and I'm going to skip down to, um, 10 and it says, and Nabal answered David's servants and said, who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Now, Nabal is being sarcastic here. He's like, who's David? Because if you read the book of Samuel, in just a few chapters before this, David slew Goliath. 
So Nabal knows who David is. He's saying that to be sarcastic. He said, who is David? A bunch of people break away from their masters. And he said, shall I take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and given unto men whom I know not whence they be? So he's, he's trying to provoke David to anger. He's saying, I don't know who that is. It could be just some random guy that broke away from his master, and I'm not going to honor that, and I'm not going to bless that. When he knows very good and well who David is. So David, young men, turned their way and went again and came and told all these things. Now, the other thing to know about Nabal is that he is being selfish and greedy with his things. The Lord has blessed him mightily. It told us that he has 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats, and all of these other things. And David's just like, can we get some snacks? Can we get a little bit? And, and Nabal's like, no, I don't know you. I'm not giving you any of my stuff. So anybody feel for the woman in this situation? We're about to find her. She's, she's stuck between two men and a cat fight, okay? So when we read, when we continue to read, David men, David's men turned their way and went again, and they told David what Nabal had said. And in verse 13, we see David's anger. He says, and David said unto them, gird ye on every man his sword. Now, David has an army with him. It's not just David and a few friends. He has an army of men, and Nabal is Provoking David to anger. David's been nothing but good to him. He hasn't taken anything. He could have, the shears that were down in the valley with him, they could have killed him and taken everything that they had. They could have hurt him. They could have held him hostage. But David had shown grace. So if we continue, you know, Abigail here, we're going to see her in just a minute. She's caught between two men who are angry. They're upset. David says, every single one of you go get your sword. Every one of you, we're going. And Abigail is going to be faced with a choice. Now, before I read what she says, I want to remind you that she is known for being wise in her decision-making. The Bible tells us that she has discernment, that she knows how to act, she knows how to talk, that she knows when it's time to hurry and when it's time to get busy on the things of God. So we're going to see that in verse... um, Sorry, in verse 14, it says, But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed them. So Abigail's sitting here, and she's hearing of her husband, which if you read, it says, The name of the man was Nabal. He was churlish and evil. I don't think that Abigail was surprised by what he said. But she knew that that couldn't be the last word. She knew that that couldn't be the way that things ended. She knew that she had to hurry and do something before the judgment of God, who's on David's side, comes to her house. (laughs) Abigail, so the servant comes to Abigail. And to me, that tells me that the servant trusts Abigail. You're telling me that a rich man with 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats, doesn't have a, there's not a manager around. There's not somebody, some other men that he could have gone to and been like, oh, man, we're about to get killed, dude. We're about to get slaughtered. What are we going to do? We're going to fight. What are we going to do? He went to Abigail. He chose 
to go to Abigail. The servant chose. So to me, that tells me that he trusts her and that he knows that she can make things happen. Now let's see what choice Abigail makes. So the servant is telling Abigail in 14 and 15, I'm just kind of paraphrasing for the sake of time because I know it's a holiday weekend, that, you know, we were in the field and David's, David's men, they were good to us and they didn't harm us and, and they just, you know, they just wanted some, a few little things and our master said no. And in 17, the servant says, now therefore know and consider what wilt thou do? So Abigail is faced with a choice. Any ladies in here ever had a choice? It's hard to make. We're women. Okay. This doesn't only affect Abigail. It affects her house and her land and her servants and the people that are trusting her. And can I tell you today that the decisions that you make don't just affect you. If you are a mother in this place today, your decisions don't just affect you. We need to be wise and discerning with our decisions. And Abigail says, or it says, then Abigail made haste. Okay. Abigail knew what the future held if she did not act. Abigail knew that David was coming back, that the man of God was not going to let evil be upon his head, that she had to get in the middle and she had to diffuse. So Abigail takes 200 loaves and two bottles of wine and five sheep ready dressed and five measured of parched corn and a hundred clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses. So she put them on the donkeys and she said unto her servants, go on before me. Behold, I come after you. So she's going, she could have just sent, she could have just sent the food. And said, please have mercy on us. Here's some food. Here's some snacks. Hope this helps. Hope you're not hangry. But she didn't. She said, I'm going. Okay. Abigail said, I'm going with. Go on. I'm coming. I'm coming. And Abigail knows. We were told that she is wise in her decision making. You know, she could have gotten an army of her own. Any ladies that ever fought with the fight? She could have went out and said, David, you better be careful. David, you don't know who you're messing with. My husband's going to get you. You better be careful. No. Abigail did not do that. She could have hidden. She could have said, oh, this is a big house. I got a lot of land. I got a lot of sheep. I'm going to go. I'm just going to hide and see what happens. But she didn't. She chose restraint and wisdom. She chose to hurry. She chose to haste for her family. So she goes and she rides and she comes down by the cover covert of the hill and behold, David and his men came down against her and she met them. Now, it's not just her and David having a one-on-one. She's facing an army of men that are girded up with their swords. Some people might say that Abigail was just trying to save herself. She just didn't want to die. I think she's very, very brave. And she's going to face this army on behalf of her family and the behalf of the decisions that she did not make. 
And she shows humility. It says that she rode and she came down to the hill and David and his men came against her and she met them. Now David had said, surely in vain I have kept all that this fellow hath in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him. And he hath requited me evil for good. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David. If I leave of all that pertaineth to him by morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted. She hurried. She knew that David was on the brink. We know that Abigail's hurrying because she has to intervene. She knows that this can't wait another day. This can't wait another hour. She has to get in the middle of this right now. And she lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground. She's showing humility. She's quick to be humble. She doesn't go up to him and put her finger in his face and say, you better watch yourself. You know what? I'm going to let Nabal do whatever he wants to do with you, and you better hope he doesn't get you. She doesn't do that. She falls onto the ground, and she says, David, please forgive what's just happened. David, this is not the Lord's plan for you that you would shed blood. This is not his plan. In her, and I won't read it just for the sake of time, but she, she just reminds David that she, that what, da- what God's plan is. In 24 through 31, she says what she's doing here, she's not speaking out of fear. She talks and, and she says, take this upon me, let this iniquity be. She's not blaming her husband. She didn't go up and say, this is all his fault. Kill him if you want. Not my problem. Okay. She said, let this iniquity be upon me. Abigail isn't speaking from anger. She's not speaking from fear. She's speaking the promises of God. Abigail is reminding David who he is and what God's plan is. She didn't go up and threaten him. She didn't go up to David and blame. She said, let this be on me. And she reminds David who God is. I don't know about you, but I want to be an Abigail. I want to be a woman who goes and acts quickly when the things of God are urgent. I want to have it down in my spirit that when something's attacking my family, that I'm going to get to the altar and that I'm going to act quick. I'm going to make haste. And you know what? The devil better watch out for me because I'm coming to the altar for my family. I know it's Mother's Day. But I just need to speak to some women who are fighting battles. Abigail was fighting a battle. She had a difficult husband. She had men that were angry. But she chose wisdom. She chose haste. She chose humility and humbled herself before David and fell on the ground. Some of us need to stop fighting our battles and start being humble in our battles. Some of us need to stop. Melissa Runyon touched on it a little bit. We're not preaching to our kids. We're showing our kids what they need to do. We're being the example. We're showing them where to go when things get hard. And maybe you're like Abigail. 
Maybe today you're dealing with a difficult person. Maybe you're dealing with difficult children. Maybe you're dealing with a difficult husband and her, since it was her husband who was causing all of this trouble for her. Maybe a difficult boss. But the way that you get through the battle is that you remind yourself who Jesus is. He's my strong tower. His ways are higher than mine. He is Jehovah Jireh. But then you have to remind the other person who they are in Christ. And it spoke to me, you know, Mother's Day. I'm raising a young child. I I haven't faced a lot. I don't know a lot yet. I'm very inexperienced. But I want to remind Silas who he is in Christ. I don't want to remind him of my expectation. I don't want to remind him who I am or my faults. I want to remind him who Jesus is. I want to remind him this is not what the Lord created you to do. This is not. Don't let this world take it from you. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. You are a child of God. You know, it's just crazy to me that one woman saved all of these countless souls. It does not tell us how many men were with Nabal, but I guarantee you that every one of them thanked Abigail because she saved their lives. Because of her, because she acted quickly, she saved their lives. And I want to read David's response to Abigail. Because just like Abigail, David had a choice. And just like you, your husband has a choice. And just like you, your children have a choice. Everybody has a choice. And David could have said, no, get out of my way, crazy lady. Do you not see my army? Move. But he didn't. So in 32 and 34, David, or 32 through 34, I'm sorry. David said to Abigail, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And blessed be thy advice and blessed be thou, which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with mine own hand. For indeed, as the Lord of God of Israel liveth, which hath kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hadst hasted. And come to meet me. Surely there had not been any left for Nabal by morning light and any that pisseth against the wall. David saying, unless you hurried, unless you came right this moment, everyone would have been slaughtered. Unless you met me right here on this hill, then everyone would have been gone. Your whole house, everything that you know would have been gone. But God knew that she had to make haste. God moved on Abigail's heart and he told her, you gotta go now. You can't wait. Load everything up, get going. Some of us moms and women have not been hurrying for our families. Some of us moms and women have not been making haste on behalf of our kids. We haven't been coming up here. We've been saying, oh, you know, this is what the world wants you to say. It's just a phase. They'll grow out of it. It'll work out. 
instead of talking to God. Instead of bringing it to his subjection, instead of sitting it in his hand and saying, here, Lord, I'm coming. I need you to move. Make a way. Now is the time for us to get up and to make haste and to move and to hurry on behalf of God's things, on behalf of our families. The song says, I speak Jesus for my family. The devil thinks that you're going to do this morning. You're going to sit back and say, well, that probably wasn't for me. Everything's going okay. I'm all right right now. Make haste for your mom. Make haste for your aunt. Make haste for a woman in your life that needs a touch of the Lord. I just wish that there were some women that would say, you know what? I see that the devil is doing that. And you know what? He's moving, but I'm moving faster. You know what? He's coming, but I'm coming faster. There's a godly urgency that says, my children need me. My family needs me. My husband needs me to move. I got to move. I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to pray this thing out. I'm going to pray through it. I'm going to find the word of God and I'm going to read through it. I'm going to fast through it. I'm going to sacrifice through it. I want to read just a short poem today that talks about first. And that goes right along with hurrying and being urgent, being first. Because moms are first. Today, moms are first. But a lot of days, moms are first. And these are just a couple of examples when moms are first. And it says, first arms to hold me so tender and dear and make me feel safe when I was in fear. The first one to comfort when I felt alone and be by my side or spend hours on the phone. The first one to teach me the lessons in life and guide me through troubles, through pain, and through strife. The first one to coach me, the first one to cheer. When I needed a pep talk, she would always be near. The first eyes to see me, imperfections and all. Show me love and acceptance and help me stand tall. The first one I look to when I need a friend. The first advice that I seek when my heart's on the mend. The first hero I had. The first savior I knew. The first doctor, protector, and counselor too. The first person I think of when making a choice. Whether near me or far, I can still hear her voice. The first one that I speak of is special, you see. For without her, the world would look different to me. So today on Mother's Day, I just want to shout, you are beautiful, special, and loved without doubt. And you know, moms have a lot on their plate. I I have a lot on my plate. I work full time and I'm a mother and I do things in the church. But, and and I do those things. I'm first when my baby's hurt. I'm first when there's something going on. I will leave work. I will go. I will do whatever my family needs me to do. But are you first to pray for your family? Are you first to make haste and intervene and diffuse like Abigail did? Are you first to remind your child who they are in Christ? Are you first to show them how to read their Bible? Moms are a lot of firsts. But don't let it only be a worldly first. Let it be a godly first. When it comes to Jesus, we have to have some haste. We have to know when to intervene and we have to use that discernment. And I'm so thankful that God 
put Abigail in the Bible to show me what I need to do as a woman. Abigail wasn't necessarily a mother, but she was a godly woman. And she could show me, a mother, a lot of things. And you know, as I close, I just want to talk about some other places that there were haste in the Bible. And in Psalm 70, David talks to God. I don't know if you have that scripture, if you could put it up or not. But in Psalm 70 and 1, David is talking to God. And he's, I might have it, sorry. That's okay. But anyways, David was talking to God and he was telling the Lord, please make haste for me, God. Make haste and come down and help me. In Exodus 34 and 8, Moses made haste and it says he fell on the ground and he bowed and he worshiped. In Luke 1 and 39, Mary made haste. In Luke 19, 5 and 6, Zacchaeus made haste to see Jesus. I am talking to the women today, but I'm talking to everybody that we got to get our godly urgency back, that we have to make sure that we're the first to pray and the first to the altar and the first to worship. Because what? Today, I just want to leave you with this. What is going to happen? What would have happened if she hadn't? What would have happened if Abigail did not make haste? For her family? What if she didn't hurry? What if she hid? What if she went and took her own army? Abigail made haste in a godly way, not a worldly way. What would have happened if Abigail didn't make haste for her situation? Someone needs to ask themselves what's gonna happen today if I don't make haste for my situation? What's gonna happen tomorrow? You don't know, and I don't know but we have right now and we can make haste and we can be the first to pray and we can be the first to the altar and we can be the first to worship today. I just want to leave you with that and I thank you for your time. Just ask yourself what would happen if you could all stand. What's going to happen today if you don't make haste? Thank you.